Brother Dan, thank you all for filling in. I appreciate that. It's always nice to know that we got some folks here that are willing to step up and, and help out when other others are out of pocket. And um, What a blessing it is. And I was uh, just thinking today as we're singing these songs how how closely linked most of them are to the thing I'm going to preach about today. And it's just always amazing to me how how God moves like that, how he, he knows all of it beforehand and is able to bring these things together. Um, so let's go to the Lord in prayer before we go into the message this morning. Father, we come to you once again. Lord, I, I thank you for everyone that's here. I thank you for the blessings that you have given to us, the ways that you've moved in our lives. And Lord, I just thank you, God. We, we look at all the turmoil going on in our world today and it is so easy to take for granted the, the simple blessings we have. We're griping over $5 a gallon when people are paying 10 uh, Lord, you, you have blessed us tremendously and we don't ever want to take that for granted. And Lord, as we go into this message today, Lord, I just pray simply, God, that you would get me out of the way, that you would come Move by your Holy Spirit. Speak to our hearts. Prepare the way, Father, that we might receive what you have for us. That we could lay aside the cares of this world, the concerns that we have about anything, and just for a moment, hear what you want to say to us. God, I just surrender to you. I ask that you forgive me where I failed you, Lord. And I ask that each person here today would pray that same thing. Lord, if we've failed you in any way, Show, show us what it is that we might repent and turn away from it and, and seek forgiveness from you. Cleanse our hearts, Lord. Purify our minds. Give us a, a, a new spirit, a right spirit in this, Lord, that, that we might seek you. Lord, we ask all of this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Turn with me this morning to the book of Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2, we're going to begin reading in verse 1. This is a, a letter to the church of Ephesus. It says in verse 1, To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands, I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. And you have preserved and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. But this you have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, 
Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. This church had a lot of good things going. Man, if y'all, if we were to look at this church, we would, we would in our own selves, our own mind, our own way of thinking, we would be hard-pressed to find a problem. He lists out all these good things. They, they had many good works. They, they worked hard for the kingdom of God. They were patient with people. They endured through those things with their patience. Uh, they didn't tolerate evil. Man, how many churches today could we look at and say, why in the world do they condone such a thing when it's so clearly spelled out in the Word of God as being evil? And there's churches today that uh, under the guise of calling themselves Christians would celebrate something that the Bible has called evil. So this is not one of those churches. They, they call out evil things and reject it. They didn't tolerate false teachers when, when someone came in saying that they were of God. They, he lists specifically being an apostle that they examined them and found out are they telling the truth or not? And then called them out as liars when they weren't. And through all of the work they did, they didn't grow weary in well-doing. He says there in, in verse 3 that he said, for my name's sake you've labored, but you didn't become weary. Man, this all sounds great. These are all ad, not only admirable qualities, but it's qualities we should possess as a church. On an individual level, these are qualities that we should possess as children of God that that we should work and labor for the kingdom. We should be patient with people. We should call out evil when we see evil. But they had missed something. They had left their first love. What is the first love? What's our first love? We sang these songs today. Time and time again, we, we talked about one thing. Jesus. Leaning on the everlasting arm. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Man, time and time again, we talked about Jesus. And I believe that this first love we're talking about today is the love of Jesus Christ. You know, when we, you may think, well, well, there was things I loved before that. Yeah, but when you're saved, you're a new creation. You're starting over right there. And that, that love right there, that is the love of Jesus Christ. That's who your first love is. And so as we talk about that, I want you to keep that in mind that all of those works, all of those things this church was doing in this, in this passage we read here were good. None of that was bad. It wasn't that they had forgotten their first love. See, there's a difference there. It's not that they had forgotten Him. And I guarantee you, today, if, if, we, if we ask you who your first love is, you're, you're going to think 
Jesus. You don't forget Jesus. But what it said is that they left him. Y'all, this is the real problem, is that in spite of all the works they did, they had left the first love. They, and, and you might say that the, the works, the things they did, took place of the first love. They could remember how things used to be, y'all, and sometimes this is our problem. We remember the past as if it is today. And you might say, well, what, what do you mean by that? We, we look back on things as the good old days. Right? Sometimes those victories we've had in the past, we still celebrate those today as if that means something. We try to ride on the victories of the past and let that carry us all the way. Ephesus, at one time, knew their first love was Jesus. I guarantee you the love of Jesus Christ is the thing that spurred on all of those admirable qualities that were listed. It was the love of Jesus Christ that probably brought that place together as a church. That was the motivating factor behind doing the good works. That was the reason why they were so patient with people to bring them along and show them the way to go. That was the reason. It was the love of Jesus that calls out evil as what it is and calls false teachers what they are. It's the love of Jesus that drives those things, but at some point, those things become the motivation instead of the first love. And that's where we get it out of line. We remember the past and why we did it, and we start there, and that becomes our motivation for carrying on, and we lose the love. We're riding on the, on the victory. They left their first love. I read a commentary that said they had once responded to Christ's love by pouring out their hearts in fervent love and praise to Him. Now, listen to me. Now they were satisfied to have right doctrine and fulfill what they considered their duty to the Lord. Is that where you are today in your walk with Christ? Church, this, this is not going to be one of them all, we're all excited kind of messages. This is one we need to take, take some time and have some introspection and look at ourselves. I want you to examine deep today and say, am I doing these things out of duty and following doctrine? Or is it, am I motivated because of the love of Jesus Christ? All these things can be done and they're not wrong. But if you do them without loving Him, it becomes empty. It becomes pointless. This is why we have people today that call church and Christians hypocritical. Because they say one thing. They, they go about doing things one, thing, one way, but the real love is not there. 
It's all a front. It's all a facade. I think it's important for us to question our own actions. Have we been so busy with works in one way or another that we have left the love of Christ? In Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, uh, Paul is writing and he says, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. He says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And I want you to just look at your life today and say, am I doing that? Or, or am I remembering the things which are behind, good and bad, and that's what I'm trying to live out today? Because see, Paul's saying, I don't care if it was a victory or a failure in the past, it ain't worth hanging on to. It's over. It's done. It's good to sometimes look back and remember the good things God has done, but that doesn't get me anywhere today. It might encourage me a little bit and build me up, but that is not a victory of today. Today I must walk in the love of God. I must keep myself in the love of God. I must return to my first love and remember why I did any of this. And that's why Paul says, I don't count myself as having apprehended this yet. I have not come to a place where I can say I have reached that goal. So right now, today, I'm going to press toward that goal. I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep myself in the love of God. You've got to keep pressing, church. I look at our church over the past... You know, it'll be 15 years this year since I started pastoring here. And I look back over that. And in some ways, I've seen tremendous growth. And in some ways, I haven't. I look at myself over that time period, and I see some ways I've grown, and some ways I haven't. And I know each and every one of us can do that over the past 15 years. Look at yourself and where you started in that time period and where you are now. All those areas of growth are great. But if we have left the love of God, if we've left Jesus Christ, our first love, if we've given that up for works... It was for nothing. If I go out of here today to do good for somebody and it's not tied to the love of Jesus Christ, it doesn't do them any good. And you say, well, there's lots of ways to help people that you ain't even got to talk about Jesus. Brother John hit on it today in Sunday school. I can do a lot of good for people, but if they go to hell, what's the point? 
If they leave this life, this temporary life, and they go and they burn in hell for all of eternity, what was the point? I fed them for a little while. I took care of some needs for a little bit. But it's the love of Jesus Christ that is key in their life. If we want to see people saved, then we've got to return to our first love. We've got to preach Jesus. We've got to sing Jesus. We've got to share Jesus with people. We can do all kinds of things. We can have all kinds of nice things. We can, we can go about doing all of this stuff for people. If we leave Jesus out of it, there was no point in doing any of it. What did, what did Jesus say here? He said, Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. We, we look at all those works and those things that this church here did, and we want to, in our mind, look, see an upward trajectory. But that's not what he said. He said, remember from where you've fallen. Even though you're doing all these works that you think is taking you up, the love of Jesus Christ and leaving Him has brought you on a downward trajectory. You have fallen from where you were instead of climbing higher. And then he says, repent. What does that mean? That means this is wrong. This is sin. And you need to turn around and go the other direction. Y'all, let, it, let us not think that this is all a, a soft and easy kind of talk that Jesus is given here. He, he starts out with a lot of compliments. But for him to say, you have fallen... And you need to remember how high you were when you were in love with me and to repent. He's saying there's sin. There is a dire situation in the church that he's talking about. He says, repent and do the first works. Or else. <laughs> or else. I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Wow. What does that lampstand mean? A lampstand holds a light. It holds a candle. It's, some, it's, it's a way to elevate that light, to get it to a place where it shines out further. If I were to just put that in... In simple terms, that's Him removing your place in the community. You're, you're not going to be a light. You're not going to be one that's, that's effective for the kingdom of God, that, that is drawing people in, because when He is lifted up, He draws all men into Him. Not when my works are lifted up. How, how often do we get that screwed up? How often do we get that out of order? Where we well, look at all these things we're doing, whether it be on our personal level or in our own personal life or, or whether it be on our church. We look at all the great things we're doing. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men into me. That's all we have to do, church. 
Let's turn back to our first love. Do the first works. Repent of our sin and lift Him up. You want to be effective? How many of y'all want to be effective for the kingdom of God? What does that mean? It means I want people to see Jesus in my life and be drawn to Him. So if that's really what we want, we've got to focus on Him. Return to that first love. Lift Him up in everything we do. Oh, hold on. Everything? There might be some things we're doing that we don't want to include Jesus in. We need to get those things straight too. Guys, I I wish I could stand before y'all as just perfect. And that y'all just use me as a model for your life. Wouldn't that be cool? Man, I'm not. Y'all, this message today is just as much, if not more, for me than it is for you. And then I look at what Paul says there. He says, "Uh, I haven't already attained. I'm not already perfect. But I press. And I I look at my life, and y'all, I ain't been pressing like I ought to. I haven't been pushing toward that goal like I ought to. And there's been times in my life, man, I have lost sight of my first love. I get so focused on the work that needs to be done. I feel like I'm doing it for the right reasons. But I've lost sight of my first love. We need to pray that God would restore the joy of our salvation. That breaks my heart when I think about that. that I have taken for granted so many times the mighty work that God did to save me. And I lost sight of his love and my love for him. Man, think about it. those of you here today that are married that, uh, you know, in marriage you always have seasons where that love can kind of grow cold and it, it warms up again and, you know, you have to put effort into it. How many times have you Notice that, that maybe uh, the, the husband and wife, you, you've kind of started drawing apart a little. And you've got to do some things in, to bring that closeness back, right? You've got to feed energy into a marriage. The point there is that that relationship with God is, is very similar. We can't expect it all to be on His side. He wants us to be wanting Him. Don't leave your first love for works and for doctrine and ceremony and rituals and duty. 
Why do you come to church? Is it out of duty? Because that's what's expected? I've done that. I, I probably just almost bet you that uh, everybody here has at some point. You went to church because you're supposed to go to church. But ha- have you had those times in your life when you went because you love Jesus? <laughs> and you want to fellowship with other people that love Jesus? If you've had those kind of times, then you know there's a big difference in those two. The, the joy that you have out of going when you want to be there is a whole lot different than the times you do it out of duty. And look, we all have highs and lows in our lives. There's times that you don't feel like doing something and you do it because it's the right thing. I understand that. You've got to persevere and push through those times when your emotions don't dictate what your actions are. But guys, we've got to remember our first love. Don't leave Him and forsake Him for works. 